If you have your Bibles tonight, we want to turn to the book of Luke, chapter number 1 this evening. The book of Luke, chapter number 1. We want to read that Christmas story found in verse number 26. Luke, chapter 1, verse 26. And I'd ask you to join me in standing in reverence to the reading of God's Word. And in the sixth month, verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men, women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. From this text tonight in Luke chapter number 1, in verses 26 through 38, we want to look especially tonight down at verse number 30, where the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. And tonight we want to look at the words, fear not. We're preaching a series on help for the holidays. And the, one of the things we need to know tonight is we don't need to fear. Amen. Fear not. Amen. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God with boldness and with true passion and conviction. And Father, would you help us by the gift of the Holy Spirit to do so. Lord, would you cleanse us of sin? Would you empty us of ourselves? And God, would you fill us with the power of the Spirit of God? And help us tonight, God, that you might open your word and preach to us your truth and your treasures. For this help we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now, if you think about what the angel Gabriel has done, he has come to visit Mary down in Nazareth of Galilee. We've seen Gabriel earlier in this chapter appear to the priest Zacharias and when Zacharias went in to burn incense upon the altar in the holy place, there stood Gabriel, and Gabriel told him, said, Fear not, for thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth, which is barren, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. So Gabriel, every time we see him, he's always bringing good news. And here suddenly he appears to Mary, and he tells her, Fear not. Now everybody... No matter how brave you appear to be, you have some type of fear. You're afraid of something, either that or you're lying tonight. Some people are afraid of spiders. Big, dark, eight-legged, hairy, great big eyed spiders. Some of you scared of them. 
Some of you are scared of snakes. I'm only scared of two kinds, live ones and dead ones. Some of you are scared of the dark. A preacher friend of mine, he will not have a light out in his house at any time unless the power goes off. He said he's afraid of the dark. He keeps a light on at his house all the time. Some of you are afraid of doctors. Say amen. Some of you are afraid of dentists. Some of you are afraid of needles. Some of you are afraid of marriage. Some of you are afraid of heights. Some of you are afraid of crowds. Some of you are afraid of strangers. Some of you are afraid of flying. My daughter, don't tell her I said this, is afraid of clowns. Scared to death of them. She's been scared of clowns ever since she was just a little bitty girl. One time she was probably six or seven years old and we went to one of them tourist places and there were clowns out there in the parking lot and, and they came towards our car and she jumped in my arms and she said, pretend I'm asleep, daddy, and she lay down so she wouldn't have to face clowns. So everybody has some type of fear. And it is amazing. I studied, I read a lot about people's fears and last year was the record for fear and this year beat last year's record for fear. Over 75% of people said they are more afraid now than ever before, including the year, first year of the pandemic. And they went through and began to say what they're afraid of. They're afraid of COVID. They're afraid of the flu. They're afraid of terrorism. They're afraid of the economy. They're afraid of a corrupt government and our national security. They're afraid of poverty. They're afraid of being alone. They're afraid of failure. Those were the top reasons. And in the Bible, we see men that were stalked by fear. Moses was afraid of Pharaoh, and Moses was afraid of failure. He was afraid of being ridiculed. Uh, the disciples were certainly afraid of the storm. And nothing has changed during the Christmas season, a time that ought to be joyous. And for the glory of God, we see men and women, Christians, who are literally afraid, not enjoying the things of God. There are over 700 phobias, things that people are afraid of. Acrophobia, fear of heights. Claustrophobia, fear of closed places. Pathophobia, fear of light. Phobophobia, fear of being afraid. Three times the angels in this Christmas story we're going to preach tonight brought a message with the words, fear not. And every time they're bringing words of comfort, words of peace, words of help to those that were troubled that they were bringing the message to. So tonight as I prayed about this, God, what would you have me to preach? I preached Sunday morning, or Monday morning at chapel on fear not to our kids. The altar was filled with young people that's afraid. I said, Lord, I preach that now to the kids. Lord said, now go preach it to the adults. Because they're going to sit there and tell you they're not afraid of nothing. That they're big and brave and tough. And the truth is, we're a bunch of cowards afraid to stand for the cause of Christ. Number one tonight, there is a fear of the unknown. Let's talk about this text with Mary. Here is Mary. When Gabriel appears to her, she's 14, 15, probably around 16 years of age. And no doubt this young lady has grown up dreaming of marriage, dreaming of a home, Dreaming of a family. She's engaged to a man named Joseph. He's handsome. He's good to her. 
He's a common carpenter. He earns a living, and she's excited. She's maintained her purity. The Bible tells us that she is a virgin. She's living close to God. She's living a godly life, and a bright future is awaiting her. Everything is going Mary's way, and all of a sudden, with Gabriel's announcement to her, her life is turned upside down. Verse 29 says, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. In other words, he came and said, you're highly favored. Blessed art thou among women. Why, nowadays, everybody likes to go around, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah, when you're told you're blessed and highly favored, it ought not to make you afraid. But I'm telling you, when she saw that angel speaking to her, she began to be troubled. She began to wonder what this whole thing is really about. And the angel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Here's a young lady that's going to be called upon to bear shame, ridicule, rejection, reproach, and humiliation, all for the glory of God. Hers is going to be one of the greatest honors ever afforded to a woman to carry the Christ child, but with it is going to be attached a tremendous social stigma. Hear me. When our lives do not go as we planned, it is easy to be afraid of that which is unknown to us. I'll never forget, I was just a young pastor. I was preaching about Simon Peter being locked up in a jail cell, and the angel of the Lord came and smote him on the side. He stood up. His chains fell off. He walked to the door. The door opened up of the prison. He walked to the next ward. The door opened up. And finally, he walked in the street. He went back to the church where they were praying in a house. And he knocked on the door. They were busy praying for him to get out of jail. There the answer to their prayer stood knocking on the door. And Rhoda came and said, who is it? And he said, it's Simon Peter, your pastor. Open the door and let me in. She went back where they were praying and said, everybody, I have news. Peter's at the door. He's been released. Girl, you crazy. There ain't no way. He's in jail. We all know it. We're praying for him to get out. And the very answer of their prayer stood there. She said, I know it's him. They said, it must be his ghost. He must be on his way to heaven and he's come by to say goodbye before he goes on. Because we know he's in jail. We're praying that God would lay it on Herod's heart to let him out. Honey, you don't have to wait for God to lay it on some earthly king to answer your prayer request. Amen. The king of kings is able to answer your prayer request. And I was preaching that message. And I walked up to the door that headed back to our baptistry, which is usually locked. And I reached, started to reach for it. And God said, I'm going to open that door. I believe that God was just getting ready to whoop open the door right in front of me, and I got scared. No, I didn't just get scared. I got scared. I preached there of a door. I was scared absolutely to death. And I stopped as I reached for the door, thinking it was getting ready to open, and I turned around and I said, how many of y'all think that door's getting ready to open? And the power of God was in that room so much that hands shot up all across the place. They thought for sure God was going to open the door. And God said, because you made light of it and because you made sport about it, I'm not opening that door and you can just deal with it. And from that time on, I began to get a whipping from the Lord about being disobedient to God. And this is what I learned. 
when God truly opens the door, He expects you to go through it. Amen. It'll not be something you have to do. And so sometime later, when I was there, God said, I want you to leave. I want you to go full-time in the ministry. I want you to quit your job. I want you to resign your church. God, I quit my job, but how am I going to go full-time in the ministry if I give up the church where I'm pastoring as well? God said, trust me to open the door. And that's when God sent me here to Bethel. God taught me. Listen, I was so afraid quitting my job, so afraid leaving my church. I was afraid of the unknown, afraid of where it was going to go. I was taking less money. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was waiting on me here. I had no idea, but God knew. And I was afraid, but God said, fear not to trust me in the middle of the unknown. This is what I found out. With God, nothing shall be impossible. And what did she do? But she surrendered despite the shame and the humiliation that was coming upon her life. She submitted herself to the will of God and she's an example of obedience. She's an example of surrender that every child of God should take to heart. I want to go now to the book of Matthew chapter 1. The book of Matthew chapter 1. Would you turn there with me? Matthew chapter 1. I want to look in verse number 18. Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. They shall and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Number two, don't be afraid, fear not the unexpected. Here is Joseph's life. He's been praying for a godly girl, dreaming one day that he'd meet the girl of his dreams, and he met Mary, beautiful girl, a virgin. He got engaged to her. They're going to have a home soon. She's precious. She's pure. She's righteous before God. And all of a sudden, she tells him, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. And Joseph's world is shattered his dreams are crushed. Everything that he hoped for and longed for has completely fell apart. She says, don't be afraid, Joseph. The baby is not another man's baby. The, the baby is of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't think he accepted that. I don't think he believed that. I don't think a bunch of you would have believed it either, men. And here he is crushed with the news of her pregnancy, and he fears that the life he sought is now over. He's got some choices to make. In those days, to be engaged and to break it up would require a bill of divorcement. What should I do? 
I love Mary, but she's hurt me. She's obviously sinned against me. She's obviously done something behind my back, and I know not what it is, but I love her. You know what? I could, I could divorce her, and according to Deuteronomy 24, I could have her stoned for what she's done. But then she said that the baby's of the Holy Ghost. I've never heard the like. I mean, what a wild, fancy story this girl's come up with. So I think I'm just not going to stone her to death. I think I'm just going to divorce her and put her away privately. She'll never be married. She'll just have to deal with whatever's happened here. And I'm going to go my separate way. Do you see the pain in Joseph's life? He had everything planned out. And God allowed something to come into his life that was unexpected to mess his plans up. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, from the time you were 18 years old in high school to where you are now, has it turned out like you expected? Or has God weaved or woven some unexpected things into your life? Sometimes those things may have caused you pain. Sometimes those things may have caused you pressure. And now he's going through pain. But the angel shows up while Joseph is laying there pondering these things. He says, fear not to take unto thee Mary to be thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God sent the angel to tell Joseph what Mary has told you is true. Believe her. Believe the angel. Believe me. Let me say it like this. I like this. You and I must understand that we have far more to gain with God than we have to lose. If you'll just trust Him when the unexpected happens, just trust Him when the unknown happens, honey, He'll work things out better than if you would have planned it yourself. Amen. Amen. I'm glad, aren't you, that my plans were dashed. I'm glad for some unexpected things that has come into our lives. Joseph is going to find out that not only is Mary been handpicked and chosen of God, so is he. God chose Joseph to be an earthly father figure in the young son of God's life. And I'm telling you, honey, it's a privilege to be chosen of God to do anything. If he lets you sing, if he lets you preach, if he lets you pray, if he lets you serve him, it is an extreme privilege tonight, amen? Begin to think about the priorities in his life. He knows he's going to be ridiculed by his friends. If he takes her to be his wife, they're going to say, oh, come on. Why don't you, well, this is what, you know how everybody gives you advice? This is what we would have done. And they're going to laugh at him and not be friends with him anymore and tell him what they would have done and tell him he's not being a man. But I'm telling you, he decided he was willing to make the Lord's will a priority in his life. He was willing to obey the command of God without question. You and I must determine in our hearts and in our lives to be determined to do the will of God no matter what. Amen? Thirdly, we're going to go now to the book of Luke, chapter number 2. The book of Luke, chapter number 2. Fear not the unknown. Fear not the unexpected. In Luke chapter number 2, 
the Bible says in verse number 6, And so it was that while they were there, there in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Thirdly, fear not the unusual. Here are these shepherds, social outcasts of the day, the book of Genesis says that shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians and they're a picture, the Egyptians are a picture of the world and they consider and everybody considered shepherds to be social outcasts. They were dirty, smelly, unkempt men. They were un, unable to participate in any celebrations or anything going on inside the temple. They were separated from God by temple service and they're separated by their fellow man. And here they are. If anybody ever needed hope, it's these men that are shepherds. And that's the natural state of you and me. If anybody ever needed hope, it was you and me. We were dead in trespasses and in sins. But praise be unto Jesus. God sent his son that he might die for us and was buried and rose again. And on the first day of the week, hallelujah, he arose that we might be saved. And his grace came to us. And he saved us. Thank God for it. Amen. And now, here we are. The privilege. The angel Lord came and told them and said, Listen, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When these, when these shepherds saw the angels, they were afraid. You know, that's the way it was. When sinners are confronted with things that are holy, when they're confronted by their own sins and their own unworthiness, 
They're afraid. That night on July 13, 1978, before I got saved, when I got lost, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was so scared I was going to die and go to hell. I felt like chains were wrapping me up. I didn't, do, I didn't know what on earth I was going to do. But praise be unto God, Jesus, Jesus set me free. Fear not, what the Bible says. These men, fears gripped their heart. And the first people to hear that Jesus is born is those that were outcasts. The first people to hear that Jesus is born is not royalty or dignitaries. They're not sending invitations to kings and emperors and monarchs. The invitation is going to the smelly, dirty, vile, unkempt, sinful men to hear that Jesus, a Savior, has been born. <laughs> what a picture of grace. Praise God for it. Now, the Bible says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. These shepherds are just amazed at what? There's a babe lying in a manger? The Son of God? A Savior? Can this be? In Bethlehem? And about that time, a group, a, a whole host of angels began to appear saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And the angels were suddenly gone. And the shepherds have a decision to make. What are we going to do with the message that Jesus has been born. They said, let us go now, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And when they get there, they find Mary, the virgin, and Joseph, and the baby, lying in the manger, wrapped in swaddly clothes. And don't you know they thought, glory to God, just as God has said, it is true. They left that place. Look at verse 17. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They went out and began to tell everybody, hey, come see the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that our job? When sinners receive the message that Jesus has been born, that Jesus died for our sins, and that he was raised again on the first day of the week, isn't it not our job to go out and to tell others that Jesus can save them and change their world. Hey, you don't have to be afraid. Have you ever been afraid of holy things? Tonight I have a real fear of God and I have a real fear of holy things. One night, uh, years ago, I had a house that had an upstairs loft and uh, Shelby was just a little girl and I was laying on my face reading the word of God and I had some commentaries open and I, I took my time to write down a few notes and Shelby had come out upstairs where I was there. She said, Dad, what you doing? I said, I'm studying. She said, studying for what? I said, I'm studying to preach. She said, oh. She said, you're making notes? I said, yes, honey. She said, oh, I thought you preached from the Bible. <laughs> I just wanted to tear them up. You know. And she left and her and Miss Gina went away somewhere. And man, I got in there praying and God started showing me something. And you could just feel a glory, an aura, a holiness or something begin to surround where I was. 
And the Lord said, look up. And I was afraid to. I don't know what I was about to see. I was plumb scared absolutely to death. And because of my disobedience, I'll never know what it was that I missed. Sometime after that, I went into a prayer grove where some preacher friends of mine and I had been in praying for some time for revival. And one of the men in the group was just ahead of us. And he was walking like this and he stopped. He did like the fear on his face struck us all to a panic. He dropped to his knees and all of us just began to drop as well. After some few minutes when we finished praying, we got back up. He said, boys, did you see it? There was an angel standing on the stump where we've been praying. God's answered our prayers, boys. I never saw no angel, but it was sure to me that he did. And there we were in a holy place, and I was completely afraid. And I should have been having no fear whatsoever. I'll never forget one night preaching at the Fletcher First Baptist Church. We'd been in revival for a week, and like 15 people had been saved. And my dad said, we're not going to go another night unless God does something unusual. It was the last night of the meeting. And in that meeting, we'd had two more saved. And I was sitting on the front row waiting for him as get ready to dismiss to see if we're going to go on or not. And somebody said, are we going to go on? He said, no. Nothing unusual happened tonight. Now the word is don't fear the unusual. Nothing unusual happened tonight. People's been saved every night, so that's just normal business going on here. We were praying for something unusual, and this is when it happened. From the balcony behind me, I heard a scream, Help! I turned around, the whole place was shocked. Someone said, what kind of help do you need? They said, Zeb, our sound man, is down. He was having a heart attack while they were getting ready to dismiss the service, had stood up to walk away from the sound booth knowing something was wrong, took a step or two in that balcony, and down he went. I got out of my seat. Zeb was the first person that I got to pray with. Zeb was the first person I got to baptize. And now Zeb's the first person that my preaching's ever killed. And I felt very responsible. So I jumped out the front row and I went to the altar as other people started escalating up the steps to see what was the matter. And some people going to 911 to dial to get someone to come to the service to help Zeb. I just began to call on God. And I, this is what I said. I said, God, I love Zeb. And his wife, Miss Beulah, here. And she is screaming. She's broken. And I said, no, God, I'm not trying to keep Zeb out of heaven. Because if you want him to go, he's probably already there. But Lord, if you'd see fit to let him stay a little longer, if that's your will, and that's best for us and best for him, whatever you want to do, do it. And while I was praying, I heard other people start joining me. Brother Bobby, I've never heard a church pray like that. Church prayed that night. Would to God we'd get more concerned about lost sinners than dead people laying in the middle of a service, physically speaking. Sinners are in more danger than Zeb was. Zeb was getting ready to go into heaven if he wasn't already there. And man, I've never heard that church pray like that. 
And I heard people come in, sirens getting there, and people coming in and escalating the steps and getting up there in the balcony. And I heard them say, clear. And I heard something go, boom. And they shocked him. I heard them say, nothing, boys. He said, clear. Boom. Shocked him again. I heard them say, 120 over 60, load him up. Zeb was back. They put him on one of them things. They began to carry him down. They got got an elevator, but they carried him down the steps. And I went out the back where he was. as loading him in the back of the ambulance. And I looked at him, and he gave me one of them soul brother handshakes, you know, like this. And I said, Zeb, son, I've been praying for you. He said, he took the tongue depressor out. And he said, all I want to know is, is revival going on any longer? He wasn't a bit scared. I was all to pieces. I said, I don't know, but I think this is pretty unusual. We went back in the service. And my dad stood up and said, we're going to go another night. Let's go into next week another night. Because surely God is trying to tell us something. He's, you talk about revival. That was a real revival. Amen. Sinners being saved and dead people getting up from the dead. Amen. That was a real revival. People the next night when I came back getting saved during the choir singing, getting saved during the preaching. I had to quit preaching to help lead people to the Lord. It went on and on. Shortly thereafter, I had on my face, I think it was on this side of my face, some type of a cyst came up under my skin. It was huge. I went to see the doctor, and he said, we're going to have to cut that out. And I said, oh, boy, I dread this. He said, let's do it right now. He put some stuff in there to deaden it, and he cut it, put a big patch over me, and out of there I walked. And when I went to give the little girl my insurance card and to pay for whatever damages they had done to me, I don't know how that works. They ought to be paying me, but I was paying them somehow. The girl looked at me, and she went, and I said, is it that bad? And I put my hands up over my face. She said, no, 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 sir, no, sir. She said, it's just you're that preacher. I said, Yes, I'm a preacher, but I don't know if I'm that preacher. She said, oh, you are. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, I was on call one night as a first responder, and I was dispatched to the Fletcher First Baptist Church where a man had died in the service, which was quite unusual. And when we got up the top of the steps, it was very clear that he was blue and dead, and it was also very clear that we couldn't get to him. I said, there was a lot of people in your way. She said, no, sir. She said, there was a presence, and we couldn't move. There was a glory that was at work there. I heard that church down there praying. I knew this was a man that was well-respected and well-loved. I knew this was a church that had faith and were calling upon their God. And I knew I didn't know the God that you were calling on. And I, I couldn't move forward. And I couldn't move backwards. And I was stuck in that position, she said, and I was so afraid. And then directly, whatever it was that held us allowed us in. And we went in and we shocked and nothing happened. We shocked again and his vital signs came back. And we left and I saw you shake his hand. And they said, revival may go another night. And I thought, I'm going to go to see what's going on here. Because I've never seen a move of God like this. Never heard of one. And she said, you may not recognize me in my uniform today, but on Monday night, 
I was one of them girls that got saved up there in that altar when the preacher extended that revival just another night. And she said, so preacher, you are that preacher that preached to me the night I got saved and you told me about a man named Jesus that loved me and forgave me of all my sins. And she said, I'm sitting here, she's weeping. I'm sitting here right now to tell you that thank you for whatever you've had to endure with this surgery that I got to see you again because I wanted just to see you and to thank you for standing up and preaching the word of God. Church, I want to tell you something. It pays to maintain a testimony of faithfulness and obedience to things of God. And sometimes the things that make us fear, fear of the unexpected, fear of the unknown, fearing the unusual, God's going to use those things in our life if we're obedient to be a blessing to others. I'm so glad, aren't you, that Mary said, Behold, thy hand may the Lord. Let the, God's will be done in my life. Aren't you glad Joseph said, Let God's will be done in my life. Aren't you glad the shepherd said, Let God's will be done in our life. And they went and told everybody, My job tonight is to tell you about the glory of God and the things that he and he alone can do. Amen. You stand to your feet, I'm done. Maybe tonight you've got fear. You know what you need to do? You need to bring it to Jesus. Fear of the unknown, fear of the unexpected. Preacher Darren, I'm so afraid. What's going to happen? Preacher Darren, how's this going to turn out? It's not like I planned. It's not what I wanted. Maybe tonight you could bring to him right now your fear. Maybe there's been a time that you are so afraid and how he worked that I'm telling you, I've gone through such trials and such heartaches and such difficult places in my life. Tonight I just stand to give him praise and to give him thanks and to give him glory for what he's brought us through. He is God and there is no other. There is no other that could bring us to where we are tonight but Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, tonight I want to give you praise and thanks. And Lord, I want to bow to you and tell you I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a great big coward. But if you'd give me the power of the Holy Ghost, Father, I'd have a backbone so wide that I wouldn't be afraid of nothing. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Lord, I'm asking you tonight, God, would you work in our lives, God, when the unknown comes up, when the unexpected creeps in, when the unusual things are taking place in our lives. God, help us not to be afraid but help us, God, begin to look around and begin to pray and say, God, would you show me what you're up to? God, would you let me in on what you're about to do? Father, I bow my head tonight, God, to say thank you, God, for delivering me from fears in my life. God, I've been so afraid so many times, but God, you're teaching me. You're teaching me about open doors. And you're teaching me about opportunities. And you're teaching me about faith. And you're teaching me about obedience. And you're teaching me about how to witness. And you're teaching me how to, how to testify. And God, I understand that I'm not much of a student. But God, if you'd help me, Lord, I want to learn. I want to grow more. I want to grow more in the things of God than in the things of the world. Help me, God, I pray. Deliver us from our fears, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, we make our petitions and our prayers known. Amen and amen.